Well, as we worship the Lord together here this morning at Stevenson High Kirk in North Ayrshire, let's come and bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Well, we're going to worship together as we sing the hymn of the Saviour. Let's worship. Say 
Well, let's unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray. O our heavenly King and eternal God, as we enter into your presence here this morning, our hearts, our words and our songs now rise to you. For you are holy, holy, holy. You are Father, Son and Holy Spirit, blessed triune God. Lord, as we enter your presence here this morning, we're so conscious of your majesty and glory. It is no wonder that even the angels cover their eyes and feet as we worship in this sanctuary. Therefore, Lord, may our homes become the very sanctuary of God. May this place become the very gates of heaven to our souls. And may our lives be steeped in prayer covered by the precious blood of Christ, cleansed from all sin, filled with the Holy Spirit of promise. As you draw us, Lord, in love and mercy, O oh, touch our lips afresh, open our ears, open our hearts, that we may see wondrous things in your word. And Lord, cause our hearts to burn, with a love for you, for a, with a love for your word, a love for your presence, and a love for your people, and a love for the lost. And so, Lord, may we now continue to praise, worship, and adore you in the beauty of holiness. And as we pray in Jesus' precious name, we now join our hearts as we share in the Lord's Prayer praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we now turn to the Word of God as we read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and we're going to read in verses 13 to 27. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. 
They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, this morning we continue in our series on the resurrection. Last Sunday we shared on the necessity, the certainty and the guarantees that come from the resurrection of Christ. And so this morning we're going to continue in our reflections on the resurrection. And I would love us this morning to view the resurrected Christ. Oh, that we would get such a glimpse of our exalted Christ. And so we come to Luke's Gospel in chapter 24 and a very familiar chapter on the road to Emmaus where Jesus meets his disciples. He walks with them. Now, the day of resurrection, there was no day like it. This was the greatest of all days. But strangely, we find the enemies of Christ, how they are worried because they believe that he has possibly risen. But then we notice that the disciples were the ones who were filled with doubt and fear. But now, here's his disciples, even in their doubts and their fears and their sadness, as they return home, these two witnesses on the road to Emmaus, notice how Christ the risen Christ walks with them. The disciples had known him. They knew about his humble birth. They saw his compassionate and tender life. How he was so approachable. They saw him weeping over Jerusalem. And there, at the grave of Lazarus, how he cared. And then at his own trial, how he kept silent. And even as he goes into death, Christ cares for those around him, his mother, his disciples, even his enemies. Father, forgive them. This is the risen Christ. And so let's walk this morning on that road to Emmaus. And I want you to notice the risen Christ. What does he look like? Yes, something's changed in his appearance. But I want you to notice that the risen Christ is still the one who walks with us. We notice in verse 15 how Jesus, the risen Christ, he walks with his people. He walks with his disciples, even in their depression even in their disappointment and discouragement. That day of resurrection, it was to be a day of rejoicing. It was to be a day of singing. It was a day of triumph. But here the disciples were retreating. They were trembling. 
and they were so grieved of heart. But the day was supposed to bring joy and excitement. And so here's Jesus now, the risen Christ, the triumphant Christ, the exalted Christ, our glorious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how he just comes and he walks with them. He walks with them. I love how the resurrected Christ, he's not remote. He draws even closer. Christ in all his triumph, the triumph of that day, the victorious Christ, conquering death. Yet still, Jesus is so tender. I love that. And so here, the risen Christ, notice our resurrected Jesus. What does he look like? He looks like one who walks with his people. But I also want you to notice there in verses 17 to 25 of Luke chapter 24, we also notice that the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, also is the one who cares. He cares for us. And he cares for his disciples. Note how Jesus, as he listens to their heart, and as he sees what they're going through in all their discouragement, he asks them, why are you sad? Now, Jesus knew why, but he cares for them. And so he poses that question so that they would let their hearts just open. He knew, but he wanted them to speak to him, to let their hearts go out to him. And so here, we notice the problem. So what was at the depth of their sadness? What was it that really got to them? What brought them to such a low place? Did you notice? They thought he was dead. They thought he was dead. They thought that he was no longer with them. And you know, we're often guilty as Christians too, and even as the church. We can often live as if the Lord's not here. We hope and we pray. We think God is in his clouds, in his heaven. And we're on our own and we just hope that he'll pass by one day. And sometimes we can live our Christian lives as if the Lord isn't with us. As if he's not here, as if he's dead. But notice, the risen Christ is not distant. He's not a distant saviour. He's the one who walks with us. Every other religion in the world encourages us to reach God, to climb our way up to God. But the gospel is that God comes down to us. He humbles himself to walk with us. And to care for us. And so here they are. These disciples. They're moping and. They're just in dread. That who they thought was their saviour. Their king was now dead. I love this poem I read this week. 
We mope and dread as if God were dead. We fret and stew as if God were through. We moan and groan as if God were not on the throne. We weakly pray as if God were away. Isn't that so true? For many, that's been their Christian experience of late. We can get so discouraged. We can feel, God, where are you? Do you really care? But, oh, today, can I encourage you? The Lord Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. He's the same Jesus who walks with us. The same Christ who walked with Peter and his disciples, who touched the lives of prostitutes, of lepers, of sinners, those who had messed up in life, the Christ of the Gospels. And as we see the risen Christ, he's the same. He still walks with his people. He comes down to us. His Holy Spirit fills us with hope again and joy as we experience his presence. I love that hymn of Bill and Gloria Gaither. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And that's what these disciples came to experience on the road to Emmaus. They suddenly came to realize he lives. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Isn't that beautiful? Here's Jesus. What does the risen Christ look like? What does the resurrected Christ look like? Look at chapter 24 of the Gospel of Luke and you'll see what, the, what a resurrected Christ looks like. He walks with his people. He talks with his people. He cares for his people. But I also want you to notice that he also sets his people on fire. He causes hearts to be set ablaze for him and to serve him, to live for him. Here's Jesus now as he talks with them, as he asks them, what's going on? What's making you so sad? And as they open their hearts to him, oh, how their hearts needed rekindling. And once they had expected great things from Christ, now they just felt hopeless. They were now just saying nice things about Jesus. Once they had such hope that he was going to transform this world, that he was going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but now here they are just saying nice things about him. And you know, we can often be guilty in the church as well, where we can just say nice things about Jesus. And me as a minister, I can come each Sunday and say nice things about Jesus. But no, but there's no expectation. There's no excitement about Christ being with us. And churches can so often become monuments or museums. We come together to share nice things about Jesus. And we seek to honour his memory. And our church services, our worship services of celebration suddenly just become memorial services of how Christ died for us. And that's so true, yes. Jesus died for us. 
But we must remember that today we worship a risen Christ. The Apostle Paul said, that's what I, that's, that's what I preach. I preach a risen Christ. All I want to know is Christ crucified and, oh, Christ risen indeed, who ascended on high. Paul worshipped a risen Christ. Look at the early church. And we're told how they preached the resurrection. They preached the resurrection. They were so filled with hope and expectation. And yet, we can turn our church services into memorial services, just rejoicing in what God did in the past with no sense of expectation for the future. Just the, well, I hope things will get better. But oh, look at the risen Christ. When the risen Christ appears, oh, he sets hearts ablaze. They had been doubting the resurrection. And Jesus said, how slow of heart you are to believe. But notice how he causes their hearts to be fired up. Notice how he kindles that flame in their heart. He brings them to the word of God. He takes them to the scriptures. And as he opens up the scriptures from Genesis right through to Malachi, as he opens up these scriptures, he shows them himself. He said, look, look right through the book of Genesis. The book speaks about me and how I will suffer and then enter my glory. Look at Exodus, look at Leviticus, go through the whole of the Old Testament and it speaks of how I must suffer and then enter the glory. And suddenly the disciples' hearts begin to burn. Of course, Isaiah 53, he was to suffer. He's a suffering servant. Zechariah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they all looked to a risen Christ who would suffer. But how he would conquer. Genesis, of course, even at the very beginning, God reminds us that a champion is coming. And yes, Satan would bruise his heel, but oh, Satan's also going to be crushed. Jesus, our champion, our messianic king, he will come and he will conquer death. He will come against all the darkness of this world. He will come against sin and he will win. And so Jesus, he brings them to the word of God, which now begins to cause a burning in their hearts. But also notice that he showed them his wounded hands. Jesus, as he walked with them, as he shared the scriptures with them, their hearts, yes, began to burn. And now, they loved this man's company. They still didn't recognize Jesus. But they began to enjoy this man's company and what he was sharing. Their hearts now warming. And the, and the man now looked as if he was passing by. He was going to carry on on his journey. But these disciples asked Jesus, Oh, please, will you not stay with us? Will you not abide with us? 
And as these disciples plead with Jesus, Jesus goes into the house and he stays with them. And then he breaks bread and they see possibly these wounded hands. As Jesus breaks bread, as he shares in fellowship with them, oh, they see Jesus. They recognize the resurrected Christ. And oh, their hearts are ablaze with now love for Jesus. As Jesus reveals himself to them, that he is not dead, he's risen, he's alive. And now their hearts are so excited. And I want you to notice, as Jesus encounters them there in their home, as their hearts are opened and their eyes then opened, as Jesus opened his word, I want you to notice that that encounter with Jesus, that encounter with the risen Christ, that view they got of the resurrected Christ, it changed the whole direction of their lives. How wonderful. Notice how, as Jesus revealed himself to them, he then disappeared. And now the direction of their life has changed. They can't stay where they are anymore. They can no longer stay in that place of doubt and fear and desperation. Oh, they go running out of that place. And they go running back to Jerusalem to share with others that they had seen the risen Christ. Oh, I love that. Here's these disciples now, their hearts ablaze. They've met with the resurrected Christ. And they could say to the other disciples, he walked with us. He really cares for us. And he has set our hearts on fire. This morning, it's my prayer that you would know Christ walking with you that you would also walk with him. Invite him this morning to abide with you, to stay with you. Will you ask him to open his word to you? That he would reveal himself to you, that he's not a dead Christ, that he is the living God. God, come in human flesh. He is the risen Savior. Ask him, Lord, are you really here with me? I know you said that you'll be with me always, even unto the end of the age, but Lord, are you really here? Oh, ask the Lord to show you his glory, his tenderness, his love, his mercy, his grace. Oh, today may you come to know a sweet encounter of the risen and the resurrected Christ. And I pray that as you walk with him, that you will know how deeply he cares for you. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he really does care. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and encourage you. And most of all, that he will set your hearts ablaze for him. And that you will run from this place and share with others. Because he lives, 
I can face tomorrow. Oh, may the Lord bless you as we now just join our hearts together and as we pray. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, how we praise you this morning, for you are sovereign, not only of individuals, but of nations and governments. We thank you for your law of love and justice and grace, which is higher than any human law. O help us to seek to be true to your law above all else. In the coming days, guide those who will influence the direction of our nation, as we exercise our solemn duty to vote thoughtfully and prayerfully, awaken in us the knowledge that we are not called to hide our light, but rather we are called to shine for Christ our reigning King. Awaken in us a renewed commitment to faithfulness and service, a commitment to care for each other, and to be good stewards in all areas of life. As we live in a broken world, may we experience hope in the midst of despair, joy in the midst of sorrows, faith in the midst of fear, truth in the midst of confusion, and generosity in the face of need. In the quietness of these moments, we lift up the nations of the world, our parliaments, governments and councils. We lift up our families, friends and neighbours. We lift up our cities, towns and villages. From the highlands and islands to the lowlands, we ask that you would bring healing, streams of mercy, love and joy. Although the days seem so spiritually dark, we rejoice that we are citizens of your kingdom. Therefore, let your kingdom come in power and glory. O revive your church again. Come Lord Jesus, and may floods of revival flow upon our hearts and homes, and especially upon our nation at this time. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, we now worship the Lord together as we sing in our closing hymn, He Will Hold Me Fast. This is a beautiful hymn, so let's worship together.
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship, comfort, and power of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.